Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. This message is called The Wall, The Watchman, and The Blood. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. I have a number of things that are swirling around in my spirit, and whenever I come to preach to you, I never want to bring something that's refried rice, refried beans. I want to bring you fresh manna. And I like refried beans, and I like refried rice or fried rice, you know. And I think certainly that a strong, powerful word from the Lord is worthy of being preached more than once. But I endeavor to come to bring you fresh manna every time we come together. Ezekiel 22, we'll get there. The prophetic conference was was profound in so many ways. And I've gone back and listened to some of these messages. I haven't gotten through them all just yet. But I've gone back and listened to them. And I was moved many, many times as I did that. I took some time off with my wife and, and my family and went and just uh, did some skiing, had a great, glorious time, and digested and, and prayed. And One of the messages that was spoken by our beloved David Fang was a message about the book of Nehemiah and a wall. And you'll find it on YouTube. It's up already. It's called Build the Wall. And so as I was processing and praying through that, it's so profound. And his rapid-fire way of preaching, you have to just sort of listen to it, pause, write it down, and go, whoa, that, that, was, a, that was a heavy statement. And then you have to sort of get the next part. You know, some messages are so deep. In fact, the Word of God, the multifaceted wisdom of God, the Word of God is so intricate and so deep that you could study it one day, study it the next day, and get something totally different. So as the Word was being preached and the different messages from Pastor Bruno and Pastor Josh and, and Bishop Hooks, on and on and on, it wove an incredible tapestry of what the Lord was saying, of course, in part. It's, it, prophecy is always in part. We'll, we'll never know fully until we're fully known when we're in heaven. But these prophetic words and this prophetic preaching was so powerful. And as I prayed, the Lord began to speak to me about the wall, the watchman, and the blood. And so I preach to you a message now entitled, The Wall, the Watchman, and the Blood. And before we get into Ezekiel 22, and you're going you're to have so much scripture, you're going to leave this place like a fattened calf. You just be like, I feel like I ate already. Wow. Before we read Ezekiel 22, I want to give a greeting to all those that are online. Let me tell you a phenomenon that's taking place. Um, and it's not just our church. It's, it's really all around the body of Christ. The, these web streams... For instance, there's a family that's in Dillingham. Uh, part of the family's in Dillingham right now, and the other part of the family's up in Wasilla, as I understand it might be different this morning. But at 9 o'clock, they turn their computers on, or they turn on, pardon me, they turn on YouTube because they're able to get it through the way that the computer works and the web stream and all that. They're able to get YouTube up on their big screen TV. And they're in church right now with their Bibles out. They've already turned, I'm telling you, they've already turned to Ezekiel 22. God bless you. What's up? Love you. And that's not the only ones. All across different, different places, there's people that are tuning in at different times, putting, the, putting it up on their big screen TVs in their living room, and they're, having, they're, they're watching and going to church online. Now, 
Now, I'm trying to process how do we do that and actually have it be real church. What I mean by real church is if you don't build relationships, then, then it's not real. You have to build relationships. So, you know, if you're hiding out by yourself and you're watching all by yourself, that's okay to get resourced, to get fed, to get touched. But you can't have a constant diet of that. Because you need people to get up in your grill and tell you you have something stuck in your teeth. Do you understand what I'm saying spiritually? So there's an, there's, there's an outbreak, and there's coming an outbreak of these watch parties, watch services, where people are inviting their friends now to come to meet in living rooms. Don't you get, listen, you're close enough to drive. If you're here, you just keep coming. Amen. But listen, if you're on a vacation in Europe, we have people that watched in the Alps, people that watched in Europe. They were like, well, we want to go to church. We couldn't find one, you know, so we just figured we'd go to church. Y'all just found of put it up, and we all had church, and then we went and did our, you know, Alpine thing or whatever it is. We've had people watching London, people traveling around the world to tune in. You said, is that good? It's very good. It's, it's very good. It's going to continue to grow. Now, if you're, if you're able within driving distance, there is no substitute for being here, no doubt. But I bless all of you. Come on, those of you online right now and those of you to listen perhaps at a later date, I bless you. I pray like a wave of your power would come. No distance in your spirit like a wave of your power. Come and wash over them now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's do it. We've got a lot to get through. hope you brought a steak knife because we're going to be having some meat today. Ezekiel chapter 22, find verse 23, and let's all stand for the reading of God's word. Ezekiel 22. And verse 23 and following. Pardon me. Ezekiel 22, 23. And the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, say to her, you are a land that is not cleansed or rained on in the day of indignation. The conspiracy of her prophets in her midst like roaring lion tearing the prey. They've devoured their people and taken treasure and precious things. They have made many widows in, their, in her midst. Her priests have violated my law and profaned my holy things. They have not distinguished between holy and unholy, nor have they made known the difference between the unclean and the clean. They have hidden their eyes from my Sabbaths, Sabbaths so that I am profaned among them. Her princes in her midst are like wolves tearing the prey who shed blood to destroy people to get dishonest gain. Her prophets plastered them with untempered mortar, seeing false visions and divining lies for them, saying, this thus says the Lord God. And when the Lord had not spoken, verse 29, the people of the land have used oppression, committed robbery, and mistreated the poor and needy, and they're wrongfully oppressed a stranger, verse 30. So I sought for a man among them. So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy, but I found no one. Therefore, I have poured out my indignation on them. I've consumed them with the fire of my wrath, and I have recompense their deeds on their own heads, says the Lord God. Father, move in power, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. What a passage. <clears throat> Let me give you some historical context about this passage of Scripture. 
This prophecy came forth about 2,600 years ago. The wall is uh, in the natural, that which would protect a city. So a city in the ancient days, if it didn't have a wall, then you're in big trouble. It's like not having a front door. How many of you would take all your, front, all your doors off your house? No, well, all the cold would come in and then anybody would walk in. An abandoned house is gonna get, is gonna get violated. So, you know, you need to have protection. So the wall of protection was broken down. What's being described in this text is a picture of a walled city with gaps and cracks. So it's not secured, it's not protected. You can see this wall referenced in Ezekiel and other places as well. well. The wall is there for protection. To stand in the gap basically means to fix a wall or stand in the place of breach to protect the city. So Ezekiel, the prophet, the man of God, is saying, I looked for a man among them who would stand in the gap of the wall. Now, he's not just talking about a physical wall. He's talking about a spiritual wall. God is looking for people to stand in the gap. God is looking for people to make up a wall. I had numerous things that I've studied for many hours yesterday and prayed. And I sometimes I get to the place when I'm studying and praying and I've got, you know, so many messages that I'm working on all at once and I'm, I'm looking for the Lord to just say, sometimes I'm in a series, frequently I'm in a series that I'll move through uh, a text uh, or uh, it's a, a thematic teaching, thematic, thematic expository teaching. That's basically how I, I roll mostly. Recently I've not been in a series, I've just been bringing what I feel to be the word of the Lord every Sunday. You need to learn the word and grow in the word, and study it line upon line, precept upon precept, it's crucial that you do that, and we have that in our life groups and our different teams and things like that. So as with all of this word in me and prayer, I finally got to the point about 10.30 last night, <laughs> I don't know what you want to say. I'm just going to, I'm going to bed. You know, I mean, you can get in the flesh and try to figure something out, and then if I just got to the point where like, I have no idea. You want to tell me now? And it's like, no, just go to sleep. I'm like, okay. So I go to sleep and I have a dream which is frequently what happens. And I have a dream, and it's a dream of this wall and, and how the wall is an old wall and how it's broken down and how God was bringing generations to bring healing and to make up the gap and to rebuild a wall. And I'm in my dream, as I woke up, I was reminded of the message from David Fang. And, and, and I want to tell you that God has placed us in this city along with the body of Christ and others who would make up the wall. There's others that are neglecting their God-given responsibility, no doubt. But I don't want to miss ours. Amen. And this church that we're building is more than, more than just a building. Amen. It really is a picture of an epicenter and a wall that's being built. And I proclaim and declare to you that there will be healing I I believe that God wants to make Wasilla, Alaska, a cancer-free zone. Wouldn't it be amazing if if people just began to fly in because of the power of God, not for any man or any group of people, but for the glory of God himself. But there's walls that have holes, that have gaps. A historical background here in Ezekiel 22 is that Israel has been basically broken into two nations, northern kingdom, ten tribes, southern kingdom, two tribes, And the northern kingdom is destroyed in 721 B.C. Assyria destroyed it. They they no longer exist, and they still don't exist today. They're actually part of what's called a diaspora, and they're all over the world. They're Jews all over the world, those ten tribes. And uh, the southern kingdom is struggling at the time of this uh, 
prophetic word here in Ezekiel. There's power, power politics involved. Egypt's on the rise. And Babylon is, is basically uh, taken Egypt and the captives. And Ezekiel here is, goes to Babylon. And Ezekiel prophesied from Babylon against Jerusalem. Why? Because there's people in Jerusalem saying, no, 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 no. It's all good. It's going to be fine. It's going to be great. And he's like, no, it isn't. We have a serious problem. And he begins to define some of what the problems are. And so let's look at the text. Ezekiel describes that the prophets are like roaring lions. It's the same verbiage used of Satan in the New Testament. And there are those like that. Not here. Tested, tried, and true. They've come through, and they will continue to come through. Character, integrity, attitude, so on and so forth. But Ezekiel is prophesying against these prophets it's this violent picture of false visions and lying words. Listen, the power of the devil's in a lie. So if you believe a lie, you're in big trouble. And um, the priests, he talks about the priests. The priests have violated my law and profaned my holy things. You know, I'm encouraged by the, the, the Methodist church this week because the Methodist church took a stand for the word of God. And said the same-sex marriage is not of God. Yep. What, a, what a breakthrough that is. Yep. He said, well, that's incredible. How, how could they even be debating that? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, there's other denominations that are apostate. Yep. Because they've, they've endorsed the things that are not endorsable by God. Yep. Listen, we don't just serve God and just, oh, isn't it wonderful? No, we serve God. There's a prescribed way of serving God. And, and Ezekiel says, look, you're all in bondage because you haven't obeyed God's word and the priests are lying, the, 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 the prophets are lying and for their own gain and the priests are not telling you what's holy and what's unholy. Goes on to talk about the princes in verse 27, devouring their prey, shedding blood, destroying people, all for money, for greed. The same is true today. Listen, the same is true today. And the people of the land is talking about the, what what. The Bible referred to Bible commentators to commoners, people of the land. They're just like the leaders. And listen, let me just tell you this. As the leader goes, so goes the rest of the people. In the midst of all these atrocities were crushed down the world, there's a, there's a cry of God that he would have a people who would rise up and stand in the gap. And I prophesy and declare and proclaim to you that that is why we're here. We are here to stand in the gap and declare truth with the love of God. We're here to declare the glory of God, salvation, healing, deliverance, provision. We're here to, to give the entire counsel of God's word unashamedly for the glory of God. Because the word of God is a wall. I said the word of God is a wall. You said, Pastor, what are you saying? Come on, look, look at your notes with me. What are you saying? The word of God is truth. And it's like a wall around us that protects us. And if you don't have the truth, then you will not be free. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Yeah. Listen, I had somebody say, say to me, uh, I don't know about that, Pastor. I said, well, it, well it's true. And, I, and then I said, if you don't know the truth, then you won't be free. Yeah. And they said, that's not true. I said, no, it is true. Think about before you gave your life to Christ. And again, if you hadn't, there'll be an opportunity at the end of the service to do that online here in the congregation. Jesus was crucified for your sins and mine. He was pierced for our transgressions, Isaiah 53. The chastisement was upon him that brought our peace. By his stripes, we are healed. There's truth in Scripture that people don't know. 
And so they'll think in their own mind because they've been lied to by religion and tradition that sickness, disease, and depression has been put on you to teach you something. But that's not what the Word of God says. The Word of God was kept from people all through the dark ages. No wonder they were dark. His Word is a light into our path. And if you get the Word of God out of your life, then you will open up yourselves or have gaps in the wall. The wall is protection. It's truth. You've got to have the Word of God deep down in the city of your soul. Because if you don't know the truth, then you won't be free, even though it is true. Listen, you can, you can believe that, that gravity doesn't exist and get up on the top of the roof and jump off and sing that song. I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. Thud. You will hit the ground because you can't fly. No matter how you flap your wings. If you believe a lie, you're destroyed. There's an epidemic of high schoolers. It's an epidemic in universities. People losing their faith. There's people that go off to school. Now, I, I did my best. I could have done better. If I, knowing what I knew now, I would, I would instill certain things in my daughter even in a greater way. I'm glad by God's grace and mercy she's on fire in, in a Christian school that's like lukewarm. Maybe backslid. I don't know. But certainly ain't on fire, that I'll say. So I've sent them off to a Christian school. I didn't send them to a, to a secular school. I did that on purpose. Why? Because there is an absolute assignment of hell against kids in universities. Because if you can turn universities into a secular mindset, then, then you will breed this secular humanism which has taken over our nation and then come up with laws like we have now. The, the, the body of Christ has bro been broken down and there's been holes in the wall. But there's an epidemic of high schoolers that graduate from churches that are on fire. They're in on fire youth groups, go off to universities and backslide all the way and even lose their faith and don't even serve God the rest of their lives. That's an epidemic. So how could that happen? Simple. They didn't really get the truth. Not really. It didn't really get, <laughs> it didn't really get deep down in there, become their personal truth. Listen, you can't ride your mom and dad's coattails. It's, you can at first, but it's got to become your God. I'll never forget when Jesus became my God. He was the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and the God of Daniel Bracken. He became my God. Do you remember when that happened for you? And if it hasn't, it needs to. Our only protection is, is truth. The word, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He's a living word. God has given us his spirit. And the word is with God. The word was God. God is our protection. We've got to somehow let the truth of God's word permeate our lives. I mean, get, get art that has scripture and put it on your walls. Have your children memorize the Ten Commandments. Speak them. Talk about the good things of God. Let it permeate their lives. God is speaking to us very simply. We've got to be careful lest we become like Judea. They're so comfortable and pleasure ruled that they didn't even know what God wanted or wants, or what he's saying. God's given us so much, but if that becomes a substitute for him, that would be called an idol. Don't allow yourselves to be caught in evil. You know, I think Adam made a, an idol out of Eve. You go and study that. And that can be a challenge in relationships. Don't you make an idol out of anything. Your wife or your husband can't give you what you truly, really need. What you, 
Yeah, helpmate, yes. Wonderful, it should be satisfying and beautiful and all of that. But ultimately, at the core of who you are, only God can truly satisfy you. And if you try to put a person or a thing or a place in there, it won't work. And that's, that's an idol. Not only should we be warned, but we need to stand in the gap and build a wall. Three things to do, very simply. One, know God's word. You've got to know God's word. So how do I do that? There's a lot of different ways, and we've got a lot of different resources of how to do that. Know God's word. First of all, coming to church. You're learning the word right now. So coming to church is a good idea. Don't make it once a month. How, how about you breathe once a month? Hold your breath until this time next month. I don't think that would be possible. How about you eat? One, some of you eat a whole lot more than once a month. You know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> How about eating once a month? Okay, well, you're fasting. All right, that's different, obviously. You need, to, you need to nourish your body. Listen, you need to exercise. Hello, you don't take care of your temple. Listen, talk to any, anyone that's senior that didn't take care of their body. And they get in their 70s and 80s, and it's all knee problems. And I understand that we live in a fallen world. I'm, I'm not going to have knee problems. I'm just speaking this over my life. Don't take it as arrogance. I'm just declaring over my life. I'm gonna, not going to have knee problems. I'm not going to have knee replacements. I'm not going to have hip replacements. My teeth are going to stay in my head. I'm speaking these things. This I'm speaking blessing. I'm going to live 120 with my hair on fire. I'll be preaching in my 80s and 90s. You watch. Yeah, you, yeah some of you are like, I think that's true. You're right. It is. He seems like the guy. That's right, I do. So that's not, that, that's our, no, it's faith. And it's proclaiming what I'm believing God's going to do. I'll be married all of my life. Amen. It's the most beautiful woman in the world. All other men, all other women are men. Amen. Sorry, ladies. <laughs> know the word. Speak the word. If you read the word, why are you holding this up? I'm going to tell you in a second. If you speak the word, if you know the word and speak the word, it will release the blessing of God. The blessing of God is tied to his word. And if you'll obey it, then you'll see the blessing. Now, one of the ways of knowing the word is getting in these life groups. Look at all these groups that we have. I mean, my God, youth groups, marriage groups, on and on and on and on. Know the word. Everybody say, know the word. Not just know the word, but secondly, live the word. Everybody say, live the word. There are people that know the word, for instance, not in the biblical way, but in an intellectual way, know the word better than anybody here. But the, the biblical way of, of knowing the word actually produces in you a life that lives the word. If you live God's word, if you live according to the precepts and the principles of God, then you will walk in the blessings of God. I know people that have destroyed their credit because they signed on the dotted line for somebody else for their car. Well, if they'd been reading Proverbs, they'd have learned that you don't ever do that. You don't ever co-sign for somebody. Now, in family, might be different. If you're willing to pay for the whole thing, then fine. And the Lord speaks to you. Then I think it's probably okay. In other words, they, a year into it, don't pay their car. And then you end up paying the whole thing. If you're okay with that, and you just want to bless them that way, I think that could be fine. But you don't co-sign for somebody. Why? Because the Bible says you don't give your life as a surety for somebody else. You know how many stories I've heard in church? Don't raise your hand. 
in church, people that sign on the dotted line for somebody that gutted them like a fish, took them down the road, huge amount of debt that they then had to take, destroyed their credit, and, 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 and brother, brother Knucklehead goes, you know, whistling off and leaves, and they end up with this giant debt, and they don't even have the car because it got repoed, and on and on and on, and they come, can you pray for me? I said, I'll pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm usually really kind, but the truth is, if you've been reading the word, you would understand that you don't ever do that. I'm going to encourage myself. I'll be right back. Amen, Pastor. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Don't ever, don't ever do it. Don't sign in the dotted line for somebody else. Okay, now I did sign in the dotted line for my daughter. She's driving a cute little car that I got for a fraction of what it's actually worth right now. And I signed on the dotted line and I put her name on it. Why? So she can have 800 credit points, 800 on her credit like she has right now. Or 760 or whatever it is. How'd she do that? I helped her. Is that smart? Yes. All right. Know the word. Live the word. James 1 and 22 says, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, and deceiving yourself. So in other words, if you're just hearing the word and you're not doing it, then you're in deception. Bump your neighbor and say, he's not talking to me. Is he talking to you? Go ahead. (laughs) For if a man is a hearer of the word and not a doer, He's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, verse 24. For he observes himself, but he goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, listen to that. He who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and continues and continues. That was like 50-year-old preacher rapping right there. Continues in it. And it's not forgetful here, but a doer of the word. This one will be blessed in what he does. You want the blessing of God, you've got to, you've got to know the word, and then you have to live it. Every aspect of your life, you have to live it in your marriage, you've got to live it in your finances, you've got to live it in your emotions. You don't tolerate anything that's not truth. It's a wall. It brings protection. Our nation has been broken down because the truth of God's word has been thrown away as some optional thing. Listen, God doesn't stand. I'm preaching better than your amen. God doesn't stand over your opinion to see it performed. He stands over his word. He stands over his word. He stands over his word. So when you act upon the word, you will get word results. If you want to be an athlete, you're going to have to eat right. You're going to have to train. Man, I went to put on my ski pants. I don't know what happened. And I was just like, ah, ah. You know, somebody, the button would come off and take somebody's eye out. You know what I'm talking about? I said, man, what size are these? I knew what happened. Conference. And I just relaxed a little bit and put on 20 pounds. How do you do that in two weeks? I'm not sure. But I'm going to lose it in two weeks too. Because otherwise, this is the last suit I got. Praise the Lord. (laughs) All right, you got to know the word. You got to live the word. Thirdly, you got to share the word. I believe we're at 400 and... 60, 430, thank you, John, 435 souls led to Christ since February 7th. 
Now, listen, that's great. We have one more week to hit a 1,000 by the grace of God. But listen, the truth is, we're going to go for it. If somehow we end up short of that, still pretty awesome. 435. Turn to Acts chapter 20. Everybody say, share the word. Recently, I preached a message about renewing our priorities and how we need to pray and do the ministry of the word. We all have a role. Acts 20, verse 17. From Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. This is the apostle Paul. When they had come to me, he said, you know, from the first day when I came to Asia, what manner I always lived among you, verse 19, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews, how I kept back nothing that was helpful. Here, listen up. Here we go. But proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house. It's basically what we're doing. Testifying to the Jews also to the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem. It's interesting, bound in the Spirit. He's being taken by Roman soldiers, yet he says bound in the Spirit because God's going to use him. God's allowing it. It's God's plan coming about even though he's being carried by, you know, in jail, basically. Knowing not what will happen to me there, verse 23, except the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city, saying the chains and tribulations await me, verse 24. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of God's grace. Verse 25. And indeed, now I know that you all among you I have gone preaching the kingdom of God. We'll see my face no more. In other words, this is the last time I'm going to see you. It it had to be a a heart-wrenching moment. Therefore, I testify to you to this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. Whoa. What does that mean? I'm innocent of the blood of all men. You see... The church of the living God has mostly forgotten about hell and damnation. And don't preach on it. Don't talk about it. Just don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable. Well, I've got news for you. In the five minutes that I've got left, you might end up feeling pretty uncomfortable. I've not come to make you feel comfortable. Unless you understand what true comfort is, which is being freed, healed, and delivered from curses, bondages, and defilement. And that you would walk in a way that's worthy and live in the blessing of God. So, so you might get uncomfortable in a moment because maybe it's never been preached to you like this. We need to share the word of God. What is he talking about? The innocence of the blood of all men. He's referring to Ezekiel 33. What do you mean he's referring to Ezekiel 33? Verse 6. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes away any person from among them. He is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will require at the watchman's hand. Wow, Paul is saying, I am innocent of the blood of all men. Why? He understands that there's coming an impending judgment. 
Listen, don't look at me like I'm wearing a sandwich board sign and I've lost my mind. This is just Bible. This is Bible. How many have ever seen the guy with the sandwich board sign? Jesus saves. Yeah, it's true. Paul is saying, I'm innocent of the blood of all men. The watchman on the wall. Now, we're talking about the, the, the wall, the watchman, and the blood. The watchman on the wall had a responsibility to warn people of their sin. That's what I'm doing right now. That's what I'm doing over the internet. That's what I'm doing when I'm at the Alaska Club or on the slopes. That's what I'm doing everywhere I go. And, and when we go out to win souls, that's what we're doing. We're declaring that there's truth. We're declaring there's a, that God loves them, people and has got a plan. And if you reject God's plan and you reject Jesus Christ and his, his blood shed for you and you don't or aren't brought into repentance, then you basically are going to end up in a place called hell. It was never intended for you. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. I'm talking about rebuilding the wall and, and being a watchman and the blood, the blood of Jesus, but the blood of others also. We're rebuilding the wall. The wall is truth. I'm summarizing here. You and I are watchmen. We need to speak truth. You need to vote. You need to stand up and declare about the truth of abortion. Abortion is evil. It's murder. You need to speak that. Listen, the one that shouts loudest and strongest and most anointed in this hour is going to turn the tide. And I will tell you that America is standing in the very balance of a great awakening. And I'm going to do my part. You say, wow, this is pretty intense this morning. I know. I know it is. God wants to bless you. He's locating you right now with his word. 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us. Thank God. Come on, if you were as stiff-necked as I was, you ought to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that he waited patiently for you. Not willing that any should perish. What does that mean? Any should perish, but all should come to repentance. It means, basically, without repentance, there's perishing. All mankind is in sin. Every single part. I'm writing your notes. All mankind is in sin. God... Oh, pardon me, all mankind is in sin and is seen by God as wicked and must be dissuaded from their ways lest their blood is on our heads. Somehow we must turn the hearts of men and women and children to Christ. Are you saying that's my responsibility? Absolutely right. So I, that makes me feel uncomfortable. Good, praise the Lord. I told you I came to afflict the comfortable and comfort the afflicted. I've came to snatch the binky. Bishop Hooks called that something else, but I dare not say it. Came to snatch the binky out of your mouth. Listen, there's no second chance after death. Let me give you a bunch of scriptures. going to help you. I'll try to put sugar on it to make you like, wee, he's talking about hell. It's wonderful. He's talking about hell. Thank you, Jesus. Hell, yes. Tell me some more. Okay. Hebrews 2, 3. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received its just reward, how should we escape if we neglect so great a salvation which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us with those who heard him? Hebrews 9, 27. And it is appointed for man, men to die once, but after that, the judgment. After that, the what? The judgment. So Christ was offered... 
wants to bear the sins of many. 2 Corinthians 6 and 2. For he says, in the acceptable time I have heard you. In the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The apostle Paul saw himself as innocent of the blood in four ways. In Acts 20, 20, he didn't hesitate to preach the word helpful publicly and house to house. Guess what we need to do? We need to share the word. I've gone back. when I, There's times when I'm trying to make an appointment and be on time and be integrous and, and, and excellent. I don't like being late. But if I come across somebody that I have to witness to and I be late, I, I witness in a way that's a little bit uh, abbreviated, like I, like I did at a Starbucks. I said to the lady, I looked her right in, the, in, her, in her brown eyes, and I said, Jesus loves you. She said, uh-huh. God bless you. We drove off. Okay. So it was an anointed seed that I sowed. I didn't tell her the whole gospel, but there was cars behind me. Come on. You got to be sensitive to people. But the apostle Paul spoke publicly, and he, and, he, and he went house to house. Verse 21, he declared to Jews and Greeks that they need to repent and have faith in the Lord Jesus. I'm talking about rebuilding a wall, building, being a watchman, and the blood. The blood of people and the blood of Jesus. It's twofold. Acts 24, his aim in life was to complete the task the Lord Jesus gave him of testifying to the good news of the gospel of God's grace. Fourthly, in verse 27, Paul didn't hesitate to proclaim the whole will of God. So, I mean, how seriously do you take testifying about the goodness of God in your life? How, how serious are you? about sharing your story. How serious are you about testifying? You say, well, well, I don't want to be rejected. I know. I understand. But how seriously are you taking your job of being a watchman on the wall? It's more than praying. Praise God for praying. We've got to pray. Then, you gotta, then we got to speak. Come on, use your social media. Be, be, be a part of our moments of, of reaching out. Learn. He said, it's uncomfortable. I know. But hell is really uncomfortable. And we are here as a wall to our community. Know the gospel. Know how to share the gospel. Know how to share the good news of how somebody can be saved. I have uh, right here a script. It's the, the, the most effective way I've ever seen of winning souls. There's a whole pile of those out there. Come on, when's the last time you did something crazy? Last night. Okay, but that, that might have been for the devil. Do something crazy for Jesus. Get one of those scripts. Come Thursday. Be a part, be a part of this thing. 6.30 right here. John's going to take people out. John Duke. The whole, whole group of people. They want how many? 100, 100 people? 107 people. One to Christ on a Thursday night in two to two and a half hours or whatever it was. Say, so where are they? We're trying to get them in the church, but at least we're sowing seed and people are, I mean, they're praying, they're crying, they're getting touched by God. Well, praise God if they end up in some other church. I don't really care what church they end up in as long as it's the church is on fire preaching the word. Listen, going to a dead church will kill you, can kill you. End up in compromise, make some wrong decision. Engage with others. Share your testimony. All right. The concern. We're on the brink of a great awakening. Never before has such filth been propagated in our nation. And God is going to raise up a people. Right is no longer right. Wrong is no longer wrong. Right and wrong is determined by whoever votes. And not according to my Bible. The Bible clearly says what's right and wrong here. 
two things happening in the text is in application. Basically, there's judgment and there's mercy. We're in a time of mercy and grace right now. Right now. You see, there's no judgment. No, I, I think God still brings judgment. But, but there's an ultimate day, the day, the great and dreadful or great and terrible day of the Lord. Great for those who know him, terrible for those who don't. You say, that's so intense on Sunday morning. I know. That's why we do what we do. That's why we're still alive. If you were supposed to just die and go straight to heaven, you'd already be dead. We're on the brink of a great awakening. God's preparing hearts. There's a hunger. How could you lead 107 people to Christ in two and a half hours? How does that happen? I mean, randomly walking up to people at Walmart and wherever they were and, and, and just reading the script and people get so touched that they end up like, yeah, man, I, I do want to go to heaven. I'm telling you, people are looking for answers and, and it's not found in methamphetamines and it's not found in, in oxycodone. And it's not, it's not, they're finding it's not found in sex. It's not found in drugs. It certainly ain't found in rock and roll. And they're broken and they're hungry. I'm telling you, if you've not witnessed it, listen, just invite them to church. I'll get them saved. Bring them up in here. They'll get so touched by God. And then at the end of our service, or maybe at the beginning, you can never tell what Pastor Bracken's going to do. You just never tell. But we'll get them saved. They brought in here. Or whoever's preaching on Tuesday night at Transformations. Are you getting something this morning? Let me complete this. The concern is that we're, we're on the brink of a great awakening. And the concern is losing the harvest. We cannot lose the harvest. The harvest is great. The laborers are few. When Jesus said that, pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he would thrust forth laborers out. The problem is not with the harvest. Listen, people want Jesus. I want you to say that because some of you are not convinced. Some of you are not. People want Jesus. Yeah, people want to be free. They want to be healed. They want to be delivered. But they've been seduced into the lie that demon power is fake or a figment of your imagination. And if the scientific model can't be applied to it, well, then it's not true. That's, that's the biggest bunch of bunk. There really is a spiritual realm. And there really is demons and angels. There really is a place called heaven. There really is a place called hell. And there really is a historic figure, God, who stepped out of space stepped into time and space, pardon me, put on robes of flesh that took your sin and mine over 300 Old Testament scriptures that he fulfilled. Listen, the mathematic possibility of him doing that by happenstance, I, I heard the number once, but I'm not very good at numbers. I mean, it's the mathematic possibilities of that happening, that he just happened to die on a cross, it just happened to have his name Jesus and all of that, it's totally impossible. I mean, totally, like, impossible. No, no. Jesus is real. He died on a cross for you and me. God has a time clock, you know. Isaiah 59, 16. He saw that there was no man and wondered there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation for him. We're going to receive communion, but you examine your heart right now. If you're not right with God, you get right with him. And be a part of this great outpouring. And what you know what will happen? It's not a drudgery. Change the way you're looking at that. Think, okay, yeah, come on. Come on, we're going we're gonna to get to work. We're gonna get. The reason I was giggling and laughing by myself back there as Jeremy was staring at me at his crazy pastor he's known since he was 10 years old. He knows me by now. Listen, I have more fun than anybody I know. 
except my wife. She, she has about as much fun as I do. That, that's, I feel like that. And yet we're getting people saved. We're moving forward. Ushers, would you come? Moving forward to getting people saved. Listen, serving God is not some white-knuckle thing where you just, well, we're just going to make it. And, and one day, come on. I mean, there's moments of fighting and contending. I understand that. But listen, the joy of the Lord is our strength. At his right hand, there's pleasure forevermore. Listen, if you take a hold of his right hand, you're going to start laughing. Okay, I'm going over here. Wally understands this. Amen. Wally understands that if, if Wally takes a hold of the hand, right hand of the Lord, why do you think he's laughing all the time? He's not crazy. I know some of you are wondering about that. I'm going to grab one of those. Praise God. Oh, I get to share my wife's cracker. Thank you so much. John Duke, why don't you assist our ushers? Thank you. We're going to take communion, but I want you to know that serving God fully, and I have to say that I'm serving God fully. I don't have hidden sin. Did I adequately repent for yesterday? I was a jerk. I was picking on you, teasing you. Sorry. Okay. Good job. Okay. I got convicted, so. What are you doing right now? I'm checking. Still checking. Yeah. Some of you are going to think I'm about to say heresy, but I can prove it. Sinless. I'm washed, man. I'm cleansed. I don't, I don't. Could be a better steward with some stuff. Lord, forgive me. I'm getting convicted that I'm, there's some education he wants me to get. I've been hesitating on that. Repent. I need to write a book. Hesitating on that too. I repent. Now look, I, I, I'm, I'm examining my life right now. I'm looking. Been wearing my seatbelt way more. Come on. My wife's like, you could do better. Okay, Lord, forgive me. <laughs> forgive me, Pastor Karen. What, what's your point? My point is, I'm living for God. I mean, if you, my conscience, I, mean, I can't, how can I, how can I stare you in the face and tell you what I'm telling you right now if my conscience is bothering me? My conscience doesn't bother me for, except for the stuff that I just repented of. The book, I was a jerk, but she said we're good, and so I've just doubly repented. But I feel better. I'm forgiven. Amen. Amen. Praise God. To be a better steward. Education, anything else? I could disciple my son better. Where are you? I'm gonna do better. All right. Man, the Lord's brought me a long way. Why are you doing that? Because that's how you live. You live that way. You live that way. Some of you have a long list. Why don't you get your list wiped out by the blood right now? Why don't you wipe out your list, quit messing around, playing church, playing with God, thinking it's okay to be shacked up with Bubba or Judy or whatever. And if your name's Bubba or Judy, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> quit shacking up. Live according to God's word. Know God's word. Share God's word. Know his word. Live his word. Share his word. 
Let's rebuild the walls. So when people look at you, they'd be like, whoa. What do you got? I want what you have. Was stopped in the supermarket. And this guy says to me, who I've witnessed to for years. I hadn't seen him in probably a year and a half. And he stops. And I was, you know, I just walked out of my truck, worshiping God. I was all on fire, going into the supermarket. I walk into the supermarket. He's like, man, good to see you. How come you're always, you're always smiling? You, what's with you? I said, man, it's Jesus. He's like, that's what you said like five years ago. I said, yeah, it's the same thing. It's Jesus. He's awesome. He's like, you really believe that? I said, oh, no, no, no. It's true. You need to give your life to Christ. He says, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's good to see you. I said, yeah, good to see you too. He loves you, man. And I went, and I went off to go get Pastor Karen something. I forget what it was. Stand up on your feet all across this place. Examine your heart. The closing moments here. If you're not right with God, you get right with Him right now. Well, you need to give your life to Jesus and do it right now. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son Jesus to die in my place. Forgive me of all of my sin. And just as Jesus rose again from the grave, raise my life up now. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. And help me to have a hunger for your word, to know your word, to live your word, and to share your word. That I would be a rebuilder of the wall, a watchman on the wall that's innocent of the blood of all men. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. And Lord, thank you for this cracker and this juice. It represents your broken blood, your broken body and your, and your blood, which is broken and shed for us as often as we do this. As you said, do this in remembrance of you. So Lord, we thank you that you died on a cross and you rose again. We thank you, Lord, for your healing. By your stripes we're healed. We thank you for your soon and imminent return. And that we, God, would receive the reward that you have for us and you would receive your full inheritance because we would be that watchman on the wall, innocent of the blood of all men. Again, wash and cleanse us, heal us. And come, and the, come, God, may we even hasten your return. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us online and give at kcalaska.com. And don't forget to subscribe for more messages like this one.